Hello, welcome to Bride Body Family Temple, where we talk about all things church and what it means to be the people of God before a watching world. Uh, with me recording today is Conrad Hirschberger. Hello. There he is. We haven't heard Conrad on the podcast for a while. Good to have him with us. Mr. Matt Rao. Hey, what's up? Mark Russell. Hello, hello. Okay. And myself, Eric Miller. Today, we are going to uh, take a podcast or two and talk about um, essentially whether or not multi-site is legitimate, is a legitimate expression of church. Now, we don't really use the term multi-site, as uh, some of you know on the other podcasts, uh, and if you go to Mercy Hill, obviously you know this, but um, over the, a little over a year ago, we kind of grafted in another uh, local church, um, what used to be Cornerstone Community Church. We uh, had a couple of episodes where we talked with uh, Pat Weaver, who was the former pastor out there and is now a faithful member, um, partner at Mercy Hill Church, and some of that, um, I think what we want to do here in, in these episodes is just talk about um, biblically, theologically, philosophically, whether or not that's legitimate or not. Because it is a legitimate question. If you have uh, two groups of people that primarily are meeting on different places on Sunday morning, um, uh, do those need to be two separate churches? Or uh, are there some things that uh, truly make us one church? We are... Um, obviously arguing that, yes, uh, you can meet in two different places for a Sunday morning uh, gathering and yet be uh, one local church, and we're going to talk about why why we believe that is. Um, but I think maybe, first of all, guys, you can just jump in and share a little bit of like, you know, two years ago or so uh, before Cornerstone kind of got grafted into Mercy Hill, um, this is something that we had to uh, that we had to wrestle through. I, I mean, I remember early on we were, um, I was kind of on the other side. I was like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just replant it, you know, or just, uh, allow it to be, uh, its own local church. I hadn't, I had thought through it some because, uh, multi-site, um, and multiple locations is something that's become increasingly popular in the last, uh, decade or two. Um, but yet had never, you know, Really, we obviously hadn't been doing that ourselves. Ourselves, and it wasn't like a. Some people do it as kind of like a, um, like a. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like that's their that's it's their mission. Their yeah, yeah. Well, like that's their goal. goal. It's. Uh, yeah. I'm totally drawing a blank on the word right now. That's the way they roll. Like they're doing it with intentionality. Uh, this is probably a little bit too strong, but almost like colonialism. You know, they're trying to like kind of like. Uh, you know, uh, create a lot of uh, different sites. And that was never anything that was necessarily on our radar. And yet we do need, needed to think through, um, you know, whether or not this was a legitimate expression of church. I'm almost done here. I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys <laughs> jump in. Okay? But the other thing just to keep in mind as we're talking about this, as you're listening, is what this all falls under in the end is the uh, uh, systematic uh, heading of ecclesiology. Okay. Ecclesiology is just the study of the church, what the church is. Um, and that's what in the end we're, we're talking about because we do want to, uh, base what we're doing, uh, and what we believe and what we teach and what we practice on the Bible. And so there's kind of the setup for that. Uh, Matt Conrad, you guys want to jump in and comment at all about, uh, kind of that, just the process, not rehashing everything of, um, maybe the way it all played out, but just kind of what your thought process was, your journey was in that as we took on Cornerstone. I guess, West. honestly, we hadn't really thought much about it simply because it wasn't really on our radar right. to, to do that. Um, we had, you know, started about 10 years ago just uh, trying to be faithful to what God has called us to, and uh, God brought this along and just 
basically set it in our laps. Yeah. Um, and so we had to start that process of just what does that look like? Uh, like you had mentioned, do we uh, do a replant? Do we graft them in? How, how do we, how do we uh, move forward with it? So, yeah. yeah. And we talked a little bit about when we'd done those episodes with Pat too, and telling that story is that the guide in question for early on, we, we, we were almost getting kind of suckered into, well, do we, is multi-site even legit or what's what's our model going to be yep. or do we need to replant it? And then instead we we started asking a different guiding question, which was just simply what does it mean for everybody to be healthy? And as we started there, then we were like, you know what? I think that everybody really agreed that this seemed to be the best, the best thing to do. But then, again, pragmatics isn't just enough. It's also like, well, is this, can we make a biblical case for this? Does this, does this make sense? So. Yeah, I think uh, you know there's some churches out there that have a a strategic plan. Strategic is the word I was looking for earlier. Thank you. I wish, you. I wish you'd have given it to me. Back yeah, there. well, <laughs> you know, I was thinking through it. And I, I just Sorry. got it myself. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, I, I think that that is the the funny thing. You know, in 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 church land at times, um, you see churches doing this or doing that, and it's the hip new thing, whatever. And, you know, I don't think we at Mercy Hill have ever said like, hey, let's 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 have this. We've we've always just been really trying to be open handed with wherever God's taking us. This really did. You know, if you listen to the podcast with, uh, with Pat, I mean, it really did play out that way where God brought it about. And and for us as elders, we were like, what do we do with this? Uh, it. it you know, after yeah. we felt like, yeah, this is what God wants us to do, then what's the next step? And it wasn't because somebody's doing it that way or this way, or we don't want to be totally different and just do something totally different because everybody else is doing it either. We want to do what God's wanting us to do. Right. Yeah. That's good. I actually think that is a big part of the conversation. Not necessarily for like the so the kind of guiding question you set up, Eric, was like, is it is it legitimate or whatever biblically maybe not even so much for that conversation but certainly and in just the story and kind of context of what we're doing and how we've thought about it it was a very unique situation so you think about a lot of places i think that are kind of a lot of the multi-site um that you see just in in the church today it it, it is very strategic it's like this is what we're about yeah and we're not that's necessarily not, yeah, saying right, it's yeah, wrong. Like right, it, yeah, that yeah. might be no, what God's calling them to do. But, yeah. but just how we got here was was very unique. Yeah. I think there with with all of that, maybe just a couple of questions. Uh like what would have been some of the so that I know Eric, like you said, you kind of started on the other side, maybe if you guys had drawbacks, what were those? And maybe this isn't a fair question, but I think it's an interesting one. Like if the if the situation hadn't come about the way that it did, do you think that do you think you would have ever done or ended up doing a multi-site something uh, like that? Or is it, I don't know. I don't, if it wouldn't have come about the way it did, I can answer that. I don't think we would have done it because it wasn't like a strategy. An intentional, we like we want yeah, to do we, yeah. we were more, our kind of one of the, uh, if you want to use the word strategy or whatever, one of the goals, aims we do have is to be a church planting church and to plant other churches. Sure. So we were all, that's even why, why when this came about, it was like, well, can we just, can we replant it? Can we relaunch it? You know, yeah. uh, whatever language you want you want to use there originally. Um, but it seemed it just seemed good to everyone that uh, that this was kind of uh, and by it to everyone, not just to us, but as we talked with the uh, uh, the people that were the elders, uh, Pat and uh, Paul, uh, out at Cornerstone at the time too. Sure. This just seemed like the 
So, so no, my answer is no. I don't yeah. think I don't think that we would have if it would. Yeah, and again, I don't think that is a right or wrong thing. It just as I, I think a, it, all these these things, it, it just is unique. I think, and it is a different. You see a lot of a lot of churches out like it, and I I think too a lot of it is brand kind of like what you're saying. It's the brand. It's we want to do what we're doing and have that be what's replicated. Um, but but a, a very different situation in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, and I think that, and, and again, we're uh, the Lord is teaching us, you know, all yeah. as as we go along, and so I think it's uh, um, there's legitimacy to it, and so maybe it is something that the Lord, you know, wants us to uh, look at more in the future. Yet at the same time, I knowing how this came about, I would be very like if he's not in <laughs> it. Happened again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like if, like if he's if he's not in it, I don't want to touch it with a what, with, with with a thousand foot pole. But what were like, and maybe there's not any that stick out in your mind now. But what what would have been some of the drawbacks or cautions or I'm not sure about this on the front end of all that. I for me the biggest caution was um, the first thing was that we've also said we never want to make it just about Mercy Hill. Sure. We want to make it about the person and work of Jesus Christ and truly uh, his name first and foremost. Now, I, you know, I'm not trying to just sound like super altruistic in that, like, oh, you know, it's not about us, but, you know, just yeah. saying, like, to say the humble thing. Truly, like, I think that there is, uh, I think that there is a lot of man-centered pride that can be expressed within the church (laughs) and uh, my heart is no uh, exception to that Um, and so that was that was the first thing the second thing was was just how will it function like I think we know from from starting Mercy Hill almost 10 years ago now just like what it took you know and not just what it took but just kind of the way things happened and so this was obviously something different than uh the way you know we started Mercy Hill, and so um, is that is that okay? And what will what are here's the the other the question then is just what are the things that hold us together? Sure. Um, and if and thinking through well, if we're not all in the same room for the same hour once a week, you know, then what what are those things? And so, and that's part of it. You guys got anything to say on that? I I would just add like. Mark, you asked about where some of the challenges that we saw. I yep. think one would have been also just they had a different leadership structure. They were moving towards more of a leadership structure like we have, sure. but uh, they were, uh, you know, they they voted. The congregation yeah. voted on on certain things. They um, operated differently than what we did, and so obviously that would be a big adjustment to yeah. uh, the people attending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I just echo both of those things. I think, or, or both, what, both of you guys, what you said. I mean, I think that was, <clears throat> for me, the one thing. It was like, okay, um, how are they going to adjust to our culture, for lack of better terms? They, you know, we had a lot of things in common. Our interns had been preaching out there. Theologically, they aligned very well with us. But, you know, maybe how we did things yeah. didn't necessarily always line up. So. Yeah. So let's talk about at least there's, I think there's more than this. Here's kind of as we've thought about it um, and kind of worked through that process. And we're hoping that this will be helpful to anyone listening that uh, maybe you're part of a, of another multi-site church, maybe your church leader somewhere else that's wrestling through it, but primarily just first and foremost for our people at Mercy Hill, we just want to share kind of the, uh, the ecclesiology behind why underneath why all this, uh, why this works and why we're, we're good with doing what we're doing. 
Um, and let me just list all four, and we'll go through them one at a time. We'll probably only get to two in this podcast. Probably have to come back around and do another one. But they are um, shared theological convictions, shared philosophical convictions or practices, shared mission, and then uh, probably we'll probably save this one for last, um, but shared eldership. Uh, or shared shared shepherding, shared uh, eldership. Let's start with just shared theological convictions. First of all, is that um, there are while while there are many uh, different local churches and people that um, I'm sure I'll be in heaven with, and I think this is true for again, this isn't just an Eric Miller thing, but I think for for most people, this we choose that the, there's a reason why we choose the churches we do. Um, but while there's are so certain churches that I'm sure will be like in heaven with them, there are also there are primary, secondary, and tertiary theological issues. And um, while some of them might not be salvific or meaning like you know determine whether or not you're saved, they there are secondary ones that are very important and really do shape the culture. And the way uh, a church works, and so, uh, or the way that a church works things out, and so those things are something that definitely hold us together. Those are some of the things that we worked through with the congregation uh, at Cornerstone. Um, we, you know, we believe that uh, a lot of those things are obviously important, um, but that they need to be uh, central because all of our practice and uh, like weekly rhythms, r- rhythms and things, they are based off of what the uh, what the Bible says. Let me give you one example of of one. Okay, uh, one example of this would be um, uh, the doctrine of eternal security or the perseverance of the saints. Um, we uh, believe in the doctrines of grace, Mercy Hill. We believe that if somebody is has truly been born again, we believe that they cannot lose their salvation. We have we definitely have people uh, that come to Mercy Hill that that's something they're still wrestling through. Um, and working through. However, we don't shrink back from being uh, pretty bold that that's what you're going to hear taught and preached here, and we're un, we're unapologetic about that um, because we believe that it is central uh, to the life of, of sanctification and grace and and uh, growing in Christ-likeness is understanding that you are uh, secure in Christ. So that would be one example of a theological conviction that um, that we all hold together and that unites us. Makes sense? Absolutely. Questions, comments, concerns, complaints, criticisms no, on that? It, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I think it's uh, well, the whole idea of like uh, secondary or, or primary, secondary, tertiary idea, that kind of like uh, you hear people talk about a theological triage kind of, uh, yeah. and it's essentially just saying like there's, there is higher priority in some things, um and how, how we may relate to each other. Even as Christians, there's going to be things like you said, where it's like, I'm not going to deny that you're a genuine believer, but it is going to affect our ability to actually be in ministry together, even be in church together. You think about like, so even that, even that one specific that you gave, um, and if you just kind of zoom out and think about everything that a church does, and even that I would be called to as just a, just a member or partner of a church, we're called to encourage one another, exhort one another, call each other on sin, you know, kind of motivate towards obedience, all of that, 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 that idea, that doctrine is going to influence the way you do that. It's going to influence the way that a preacher preaches. It's going to influence the way that we handle issues of sin. It's going to affect every aspect of discipleship and life in the church. And I don't like, that's where I, 
I feel like it's kind of easy sometimes in our minds to separate things like that from the actual practical lived life ministry of the church, but it's, but it, but it's not, it's, it's 100% affecting all of that. Well, and that's the reason why it's important. Well, here, even this is another theological conviction. That's kind of like, uh, uh, even broader than, than that one specific that I gave just as an example. And we could kind of go down through a list. We probably won't, won't, but, but is even this is, is the theological conviction that, uh, that theology matters. You know, many people say, you know, doc doctrine divides, you know, let's just focus on Jesus. We, are un, of the of the conviction that the exact opposite is true is that unity is built around clarity around biblical clarity um and while there are secondary and tertiary issues that are not salvific meaning you know um uh determine whether or not a person is saved um they really do matter and to just say that like well we don't want there to be any disunity so we're not going to talk about that we we are the conviction that literally the exact opposite is true. We should be as clear as we possibly can yeah. on where we land on these things, so that people know where we're at, and so that people can come. Uh, like so, so for example, when they come to Mercy Hill, look here here's where we land on these things. Yeah. It's not just like well we're just we're just not going to talk about that. No, we need to we need to be clear on what the Word of God says yeah. and teaches. So even yeah. that is a I, big one. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, it becomes the elephant in the room. If, if, if you will, um, you know, I know uh, there's one church I can think of in particular where, you know, like the, the pastor and the associate pastor actually disagreed on some of these secondary theological alignments. Yeah. So can you imagine going through a series where one minute the pastor's up there saying you can lose your salvation, da, 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 da. The next week, if, if the associate pastor's preaching, no, you can't lose your salvation. Yeah. <laughs> let's give, can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. I mean, but well, that, that happens. Yeah. No. So let, let's continue. Like, let, let me give another example. And again, I hopefully this is just really practically helpful. It might not be a real, like a real clean process, but just throwing some other things out there. Like I'm trying to think of an example of something that uh, would, pr- would be like a tertiary issue for us that we we do probably disagree. I don't think we really disagree. I think all of us are still, <laughs> we're really honest, working it out, but would be like our eschatology. So like the, the view of, it, of end times things. Um, we're, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but we're all, you're we're, a can of worms right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but we, us we, are eschatology we, agnostic. Really. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, it matters. We're still, we're still just kind of, yeah. kind of working it out. But what, what we do believe in though, is that Jesus is coming back absolutely physically, yep. literally like Amen. bodily, like those. And, and again, all, almost all, at least orthodox eschatological positions would hold that. Yeah. However, there's a wide array of, you know, pre-trib, pre-mill, dispensationalism to historic pre-millennialism <laughs> to amillennialism, yeah. post-millennialism. Uh, you, you shared a fun one this morning, an eclectic, yeah, uh, eclectic, idealistic, historical, historical uh, redemptive something. approach. I don't know what it is, but I, but I think it was it's fun mine. to say. I think it's mine. I got to remember it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, but, you know, so, but that would be an example of something, though, that sure. uh, we do hold, hold some room on. And like when we... Uh, like yeah, actually, this Sunday we're starting in the Book of Revelation uh, with, the, with the, the the seven churches, and we're doing an overview on 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 chapter one. Um, but we do believe that even the Book of Revelation, it's ultimately all about Jesus, absolutely, and, who, and who He is, and His nature and character, and how that strengthens the church. So, think, um, anyway, that would just be another example. Yeah. I well, guess. I think another kind of side of this too, and this would maybe be kind of what we're trying to do is is actually define like what what unites us, what makes us a church, in a sense. And I think 
just the observation like this is this is a this would be a place where a church would be we would say different than like a a parachurch organization or maybe a christian ministry but that that's not a church and you see that a lot where there's kind of these calls for unity and and things um you know not necessarily around all the same beliefs um but but we there's there's a I don't know. I think there's more leniency in those contexts. Like there's, it's, it's, there's an appropriateness that is there that wouldn't be for a church because it's not, because it's not a church. Right. So you can kind of do those things. You can gather around some of the same goals or visions or whatever. Uh, but we can do that without necessarily having the same doctrine of salvation, all these different aspects because, because it's not a church. And so even that, but, but I think those things get maybe confused at times by probably bad ecclesiology on both sides on the part of the church and and even some of the organizations that may be trying to do things that the church should do but they're but they're not really functioning if that makes sense well i think it would probably it could probably be one of the accusations that would maybe be uh leveled at a multi-site model so so let's Take for example, and I and I think this it's actually a legitimate question. I'm not completely like I yeah. don't want to like we need to answer it uh, biblically, but like one of the accusations that, that could be made is like, well, you don't you, you are just a parachurch organization of some sort. You're not actually a church because you're not meeting together, you know, under under the same roof. The the, the ecclesia just seems like it's more most raw form, you know, it means like called out ones or just even more simply the assembly or an assembly or a gathering, and you're not gathering together. Well. Okay, let's pause and let's talk about that legitimate question. Um, but like, we assemble more than just than just on Sunday mornings. Um, we, you know, as we've thought through it, there is more that holds us together than just being literally in the same room at the same time for one hour a week. Now, is that something that the church does? Yes, but the church also does more than that. So, if your only definition of church is that you have to be in the same room for the same hour once a week. Then yeah, we wouldn't be a church, but there's more that holds us holds us together than that. Um, and so, as you begin to you know kind of extrapolate out uh, some of these other things, I think that in the end, most people just really have a very basic, not wrong as much as it is reductionistic ecclesiology. Is like I think that they don't think that there's much more to it than just being in the same in the same room for one hour a week. And so that's some some of the things that we're. Pressing. You guys got any thoughts on on any of that? Okay, so g- going on a, l- a lot with that, this is where I, it's very hard to, um, we don't have to leave theological convictions, but it's very hard to talk about one without talking about the other. And the, the other one is that I listed was philosophical convictions. Let me just explain that word for a second. When we talk about philosophical, I'm not talking about like just sitting around and like philosophical ideas or whatever. Like Praise some, the Lord. Yeah, that, that, that's not it. <laughs> By philosophical, we just mean more the how, like so theological, because this is biblically true about Christ, who we are in Christ, philosophy would be this is what we do. So let me give you an example of kind of two lanes that usually are somewhat mutually exclusive um, uh, within thinking in terms of uh, ministry philosophy. And that would be being uh, attractional versus being missional. Okay, So um, this has been a big debate. It's, it's not as hot anymore, but I don't know. 10, 15 years ago, it was pretty hot. Um, but the whole idea of like the attractional church would be kind of like, uh, 
uh, I'll, I'll just use the phrase, but like more of like a seeker sensitive model where it's like you're, you're doing the Sunday morning thing or the event, you do different events very well and you're trying to attract a crowd in order to hear the gospel. When I hear me, I'm not completely like, has God used that? Have people gotten saved through that model? hundred percent. want to say that, uh, really, really clearly. Um, however, uh, to put all the time, energy, resources into like getting people to kind of come to a thing tends to kind of lock you into the way you're going to do some things as opposed to having more of like a missional philosophy where it's not so much about like come and see as it is go and tell. Now, again, could, could you be attractional also do some missional sure. stuff? Sure. You, you, you could, but, but generally speaking, you have to like kind of commit uh, to that. So for example, at Mercy Hill, um, we would be more missional in our philosophy, meaning that like we, I don't know, <laughs> And I'm being serious about this. I don't know if we've ever really like done anything to like super like promote our Sunday morning gathering. Aside we, from social media, there's zero. Well, and only social media we've done recent recently. Yeah. For several years, we did social media poorly. <laughs> Very poorly. <laughs> Early on, so um, we, we won't we won't <laughs> even talk about that. But it's like we we um, most of it has been like relational, though, and, and a lot of people have come just because just through they know somebody and you know relationship and stuff like that. Um, now, here's the thing: I'm, we're not saying that it's necessarily wrong to promote and to do that. In fact, we do some of it, so it obviously you know. We don't think that it is wrong, but we're just saying like there's a way to do that where it's like this is the primary way that you're going to attract people is through like advertising, you know, uh, the idea of church marketing, all that different stuff. Sending mailers. Sending mailers, all those all those types of things. We had, so like this would be an example too. We yeah. went to, um, I grew up in a very like fundamental Baptist church, which was not, not that at all. Like at fundamental all. Baptist yeah. churches usually are yeah, not, not, not at all. Sending, uh, yeah. <laughs> But then when we, so we ended up, we ended up leaving there and went to a different church. Uh, that was, that was, I don't want to say like complete other end of the spectrum, but on the other side yeah. for sure. And so some of the things we, you would see at that service, one, it was, we met in a movie theater, um, which was, I don't think preferred, but just where there was a newer church, but like our worship services were, the lights were down. Um, it was, it was loud. Uh, we would rate, it kind of became a, not a joke, but but a joke. Uh, like we get the smoke machine out and going and stuff that was going on during oh, that worship service. That's the next. Step and then, for but us also very, like, very like very um, an emphasis on like creative work. So like very high quality videos. The arts, yeah. yeah, like all of that. Yep. Um, zip lines? Do they have zip lines? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Not when I was there. At least <laughs> they may, they may. But like all of those things <laughs> were they were they were they were big parts of what of yep. what the church did. Yep. It was for the, it was, it was much more that kind of mindset. Yeah. And so those are also things though, that very much, um, very much a church, very much United church. Um, and kind of what we're, we're built around because, uh, you, you have to know that. So for us, if you're going to come to Mercy Hill, we're going to have certain, you know, theological convictions and we've, we think it's our responsibility to be clear on those and to where we land on all sorts of issues, it, whether it is, primary, secondary, tertiary. Uh, we also have a certain way that we do things. Um, now, again, situations are always coming up. You know, you, you grow, things change. Um, it, it's hard to put everything into nice, clean categories all the time. Um, but, like, one of the things, like, we're having a partnership class this week as we're recording this podcast, and 
Um, like one of the things I tell people when they come to the partnership class is, yeah, we're going to go through a doctrinal statement, you know, or, or theology, like what we believe, but we're also going to talk about the philosophy of just the way we do things around here. Like we have a certain, um, a certain, I, I don't know, st style is probably not super accurate, but it plays into it. And, the, but there's a reason for it. And again, and, in, and we have to give a reason for why we do things the way we do. But, you know, if you're coming to Mercy Hill and you're expecting us to, you know, I don't know ride dirt bikes in the sanctuary <laughs> and like do some, you know, know with, yeah. And like, you know, some fireworks well, and stuff and then draw. And, and again, I'm not, I don't know. I'm sure people have, people have done that. And then somebody's preached the gospel and they've gotten saved, but I'm just saying like, you, you, you're like, oh, Hey, can we do that? We're yeah. like, no, we will very you clearly, pick something. we will yeah. not even consider it. Yeah. Like we're not, that's not the way we roll. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, it's, it's kind of like every culture you know every family has a culture i mean so, yeah the family at mercy hill has a specific culture i mean in a lot of ways we as elders have set that but you know like how many times do i talk to make you know married couples or pre you know pre-marriage counseling that someone's going to be getting married and we start talking about well my family's all about this this and this and then the others the other is like oh no our family wouldn't do that and i think i think it's kind of similar it's not apples to apples completely but in a lot of ways that's 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 kind of how each church you have to kind of figure that culture out and you set that tone and that's 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 who we are at mercy hill i mean you know and that and we are a lot of times we try to do as things as simply as possible yeah that's good i think there's two um like there, there's I feel like you see this play out different too, because I think part of what we would want to say is, and you mentioned this at the beginning, it's hard to really talk about kind of philosophical convictions without also talking about theological convictions. Yeah, and, and vice versa. And so, yeah. yeah, and so they're very related, which I think is how it should be. You also don't always see that either. Like a lot of churches will, um, a lot of those things may be decided by the the personality of the lead guy or whatever, the speaker or um, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the city con, whatever, whatever it is. I think a lot of times you see those things get decided by other factors, not, not necessarily theologically. I mean, it's not, this is what we believe theologically and then asking, okay, what's the best way to then put that into practice? That's a very different question than just what's going to, what's going to work best. But I don't know. It, it is, a uh, even on that side of it, I feel like it's, and we kind of mentioned with the theological stuff, there's, okay, there's some tier one things that are like non-negotiable underneath. There may be some more wiggle room in, in certain conversations, but from a ministry level, we may need to have some agreement here. Philosophical in some sense is like coming down underneath even those and saying, we may agree on all these things, but, but how does it actually, like, what's it look like? You have to, and that's part of it. You have to pick, you have to do something. Yeah. You have to choose something to do and actually, you know, put, put together and, so that I think that's a lot of it too is just making making those decisions. Like a, a lot of them could be churches could have shared theological convictions and maybe even trying to accomplish some of the same things, but the philosophy is going to look a little different, and and that's okay. But yeah. it, but but at the end of the day, you still have to you still have to pick a lane. Yeah, you do. And let, let me give let me give some more th just practical things. Um, uh, another one is a, just a we have a strong commitment to exegetical preaching. So. Um, in terms of like a kind of a 20 to 25 minute um, topical sermon that's, I don't know, more, I don't know, maybe a little bit more application focused. Um, we're going to lead a little bit more towards like 45, 50, 50, <laughs> 50 55 minutes, uh, you know, just going verse by verse through the Bible. We, we don't, you know, we're, 
we just did a series on discipleship. We're going to do one, you know, for eight, eight weeks on the seven churches in Revelation or different things. But, like, for the most part, though, we just preach through books of the Bible. And it's like, it's like week to week, it's like, what's next? Just whatever's next. That's how we, that's how we do it. It's not uh, we just take the next thing in line in the Bible uh, or, or in the, the next passage in the book uh, kind of as, as it comes. Um, some of the uh, the super creative, the super creative, uh, series and different things like that. We, if you are looking for that at Mercy Hill, you won't find a lot of it. <laughs> Let me see, um, you know, we just kind of we believe that the Bible. But but here, can I tie that again to a theological conviction? Is not only that the Bible is inspired, but that it's sufficient. Mm-hmm. That we don't have. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that like yeah. certain gifts, you're not allowed to express creativity. Obviously, God makes artists and, and people that are, are super gifted in that way. But I'm saying the sufficiency of the Bible is that if we just plod through it or splash around in it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it, it's enough. It's sufficient for yeah. what we need for life and godliness um, in Christ Jesus. So, again, it's the way we do things philosophically, but it's tied to a theological conviction. And you you can't, you can't uh, do all of it. You can't try to please everybody you have to i think you have to do these things um understanding especially as as elders in a church uh but it's the same for everybody is you're going to stand before jesus and give an account someday for not only what you did but the reasons why you did what you did and and yeah so you gotta gotta pick that stuff (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and there and you know there's a lot of little nuanced ones you know out there i mean you know we could go down you know and once again i don't want to like you know, go down a road of like rabbit trails here, but like music is one of them. How you do your music? Do you have hymns sure. versus songs on a screen? Like we we more prominently do. Um, you know how you dress. You know, does everybody? You know, the church I was raised in, you better not wear blue jeans, except for one Sunday a year when you had blue jeans Sunday, and then you're allowed wearing blue really? jeans. That was the thing, blue yeah. jeans Sunday. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, so you know, those are all things that that come out of it, you know, maybe theologically you align with somebody, but like those, those philosophies are, yeah. are paramount. Well, and the other thing that, and we haven't even touched on this yet, this will 100% take more than one podcast, perhaps two or three or four now. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that we, is just uh, the idea of um, ecclesiology, just being a people that are committed to doing worship community and mission together. You know, um, we talk a lot about that in our partnership class, but it's like, we're not just united around, um, just one of those, but like, we're going to be together. We're going to, this is our, our local family. Um, this is who we're going to worship with and tied in with worship is the word, um, and, uh, setting it at the center. And then also mission that we're, we're partnering together to accomplish the mission that Jesus gave us, which, yeah, we might, you know, feed the hungry and, you know, uh, give money and resources to the poor, but at the at the heart of it is the mission to proclaim the gospel uh, to every creature under heaven and to make disciples of all nations. And so, uh, yeah, these are the things that unite us. Thanks for listening. We will do another uh, podcast on this, and we uh, just hope that it helps you to think through what the church is and uh, why it's important, and we believe that it is of the utmost importance. So thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.